Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. And of course, it's that time where we turn our attention to headlines coming out of China. Now, we've got issues like China calling for a ceasefire after Hamas attack on Israel, as well as Chinese President Xi Jinping's ideology on culture officially unveiled over the weekend. We'll get some analysis right now with my guest, Dr. O.A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing okay. Nice to talk to all of you again. And as usual, we've got quite a bit of headlines coming out of China. The first one being China calling for a ceasefire after Hamas attack on Israel. Are you surprised, Dr. Oh, especially in recent times of how vocal China has been, especially on this matter? Well, I think China nowadays would like to uh, indeed uh, play a more proactive role on the international stage, becoming the peacemaker and having successfully brokered diplomatic uh, resumption between Saudi Arabia and Iran and so on. So nowadays, you would think that it could play a more proactive role. Yeah, And we have spoken in recent times about how proactive China has been on the international stage. Although I have a very selfish question, what What is in it for China? I mean, with regard to this conflict between Hamas and Israel, what's in it for China to stop the conflict? Well, number one, I think China would like to have that kind of diplomatic prestige of playing peacemaker if it feels that it is part and parcel of being, well, they don't like the term superpower, but at least a large power. Number two, uh, of course, uh, China is uh, very expert in uh, laying out all the infrastructure and so on, right? And China has this uh, very firm belief that if China were to help this sort of countries or territories build infrastructures, then uh, people can carry on with livelihood and and they will be very friendly to China as opposed to China's uh, Western rivals. Yeah. Mm. Uh, China's also reiterated support for an independent Palestinian state. China sort of, as you're describing um, the way it's putting itself on the world stage, it's taking Big Brother influence to a whole different level. Can it, can it actually make an impact on the conflict, though, as much as they are the second largest economy in the world? Well, I think more and more so, and especially after, as I said, this uh, successful brokering of Iran and Saudi's uh, relations, China would indeed feel that uh, it could tap into that big, uh, that bigger pair of shoes of uh, brokering peace, as opposed to uh, the United States, uh, which I think many would say it's you know, very one-sided on the Israeli side. Okay. Yeah. Chinese President Xi Jinping also unveiled an ideology on culture over the weekend. Let's talk a little bit about some of the details of his thought on culture. In your opinion, and considering what else they're doing on the world stage, is the right time to put forward at this national meeting? It's a sort of like a, a so-called working meeting, right? Yeah. And for the for the communists, and especially for the Chinese communists, uh, Mao Zedong's uh, guiding principle from back in the 1930s mm. during their times when, when they were still a communist guerrillas, that culture has to serve the interests of the working class, 
namely the working class being represented by the Communist Party. I think that has always been the guiding principle for a country like China. And this is but the reiteration of that principle. Yeah, mm, You see that evolution as well, right? Addition of uh, so-called pillars, Mao Zedong, Deng Xiaoping, and then now, of course, Xi Jinping, talking about this. Uh, how, how important is this latest pillar where culture is concerned in that grand big picture of one China? Again, this is not something new. I mean, this is yet another attempt to, of course, add the Xi Jinping thought uh, pillar into, uh, shall we say, the pantheon of uh, Chinese right. communist uh, thought, which then uh, would propagate down to become the so-called China or Chinese culture and so on. Yeah, yeah they're going to need unity, especially when you consider the economy. A lot was expected in terms of China's economy doing well for 2023. The picture, however, is completely completely different and we saw the conclusion of China's golden week holiday where that expected boom did not happen what are your thoughts on this dr o there were a lot of people traveling I mean, uh, all those uh, trains and flights and so on were quite full and i had a, a small taste of that because i was in china like a few days before the golden week yeah. but of course i think both china and a lot of the rest of the world will hope that there's a boom to China's economy because, as you said, it's the world's second largest economy. And if China is booming economically, it could uh, similarly lead to, to booms uh, in other parts of the world <laughs> because the Chinese they are good in buying. Yeah. This is an opinion question and, of course, an opinion on the economy. Is too much expectation being placed on the Chinese economy recovering? That's why it's making the news so much? I think it's very much so because the Americans have been big spenders. That's not quite news, right? But the Chinese, well, again, they are now the world's second largest economy. If they could similarly become big spenders, I think a lot of people will be very happy around mm, the world. Mm, yeah. It's also that perspe- perception that it creates, right? I'm on the line right now with Dr. O.A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs, talking about headlines out of China. Here's one that's quite interesting. Uh, President Xi uh, confirming his attendance for a summit. So the Washington report uh, stated that the White House is planning a face-to-face meeting with Mr. Xi Jinping on the sidelines of next month's Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit in San Francisco. The U.S. is very eager to talk to Mr. Xi. Well, uh, they have talked over the internet, I mean online, yeah. for quite a few times, right? Both Biden and Xi, besides their official meeting or summit in Bali a few years ago. But there is this, indeed, a U.S. fixation on the so-called re-establishing channels of communications between uh, the American and the Chinese side. So that's why they have been pushing for all these uh, channels from the very top to uh, the working levels. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you know, some have commented that it's quite a one-sided courtship <laughs> in that sense. Um, the question has to be, will it actually succeed in terms of resetting the relationships, like you mentioned? But how many times have we gone through this? I mean, you have a sidelines of some G7 summit, for example. President Biden shakes hands with presidency. Hey, hope is restored, but it doesn't quite happen. Well, the American political scene, it's a bit complicated nowadays, right? You have Congress, you have the White House. uh, Sometimes they are both involved in uh, America's foreign affairs. So from the U.S. side especially, it's not just that the president would like to uh, repair these relations and Congress would automatically uh, follow suit. Sometimes it's quite 
complicated. Yeah. On the Chinese side, of course, they would like to use that American desire to communicate as a leverage, uh, for example, for the American to relax some of those sanctions and so on. Yeah. yeah. Okay, this may be a bit of an unfair question, Dr. O. I suppose I'll, I'll cultivate it as a slight opinion question as well. Who stands to benefit more from the restarting of relationships? Who's got the upper hand right now? Well, I think the Chinese side, uh, <laughs> for example, yeah, yeah. they would really like to see some of these sanctions on especially high-tech products uh, yes. being uh, uh, re- relaxed. Yes. The American side, well, it depends on who you're talking to. Uh, a lot of manufacturers, they would still like to have uh, plants in China and, and so on. But, well, so many of the politicians, they seem to be rather hawkish about China. So it really mm. depends on whom you're talking to. Yeah. yeah, The game of chess continues, I suppose. I've been speaking with Dr. Oh A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. Oh, I do appreciate your time. As always, take care and have a great Tuesday evening. Well, thank you. Nice to talk to all of you again. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.